0: Today, the passage I want to read for the message is from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it speaks about the love of God. And the one truth I want to bring home to you today is that God loves you. God promises to love you unconditionally and providentially. God promises to love you unconditionally and providentially. God loves you and there's nothing you can do to stop God from loving you. God loves you, and He will always love you. He loves you eternally. He loves you not with condition, but unconditionally. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the unconditional love of Almighty God. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, Christ died for us. And the ultimate display of the love of God for you and for me is the cross of Calvary. Never do we have to ask ourselves, are we loved by God? When you look at Calvary's cross, you always understand that, yes, we are loved by God. Yes, God has demonstrated His love for us, not just saying, hey, I love you down there, but demonstrating His love for us in that while we were sinners, while we were at enmity, enemies of God, Christ died for us. God's love is unfailing, the Bible says. His love goes on and on and on. Even when we have failed Him, His love continues for us. God loves us providentially as well. I believe more now in the providence of God than I ever have in my life. By that I mean, God is working through circumstances to show you His plan, His purpose for your life, and His love for you. I remember back uh, several years ago, we were living in Louisiana, pastoring a church there, and I'd gotten my pilot's license, and I decided I was going to fly at night to visit a brother in Abilene, Texas. going to take my brother, Norris, with me. His son decided to join us, and uh, my wife, Linda. We got in the airplane late that afternoon and took off for Abilene, Texas, because at night you can see the cities ahead of you a lot better than you can in the daytime because of the heavy... Um, not the smog, but um, uh, what do you call it, uh, in the air. It's so um, uh, hard to see through the thick of the humidity in the air, uh, you can actually see better at night. So here we took off and we're flying. Now, the first problem there was um, I had uh, decided to fly with family in an airplane at night. That, that was a no-no. Should not have done that. But I was a new student. I was a new graduate of flight school, and I was eager to demonstrate my skills. Well, on the way to Abilene, Texas, uh, not really thinking about the providence of God, that God loves me and has a purpose for my life, um, the alternator went out. Have I told this story before? I tell so many stories, and I wonder, have I told this one before? You haven't heard this one? Well, good. If I've told this before, you know, just go, hey, wait, wait, but... So we're flying to Abilene, Texas. We're traveling west, and the sun is setting, and uh, we're traveling west and making good headway, about 110 miles an hour in a Cessna 172. And uh, darkness comes along, and as I'm flying along, I wasn't watching the, uh, one of the instruments that shows whether or not your battery is charging. And so as I'm flying along, I lose elect- electrical circuits and you can see the uh, i'm losing the battery is what's what the problem is the alternator went out and drained the battery while i'm flying it now an airplane um, has magnetas to keep the engine running so that you don't have to have that battery and electrical circuit to keep it going it'll continue to run b- by itself so here i'm flying along 110 mile per hour going due west and as I fly along, it's getting darker and darker and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And uh, one thing I did remember in flight school was to always take a flashlight with you. So I told my brother, Nars, who was sitting next to me, I said, reach down under the seat and pull out that flashlight. He said, how come? I said, uh, we're losing electricity. And I said, uh, it's getting very dim in here. As you, you know, he didn't pay attention to that. He's looking out the window, you know. And sure enough, as it got dimmer and dimmer, the lights completely went out. So I had the flashlight, and I had two or three instruments that did work. One was the airspeed indicator. Uh, the, directional arrow, the directional compass was not working anymore because it worked off the other systems in the, in the airplane. And literally, a town was coming up way ahead of us, probably about 20 miles down the road, that was not on the map. What I did not know, I had flown off the map. And flying off the map, I was flying to a town called Waco, Texas. Waco was supposed to be on my left side instead of my right over the nose of the plane. And so when it got dark in the cockpit and I admitted that we've got to land this airplane, I began to look for a airport signal. At night Every airport has a green and white signal that turns around. Green, white, green, white, green, white. And I saw one, and I thought, I've got to put this plane down. This is dangerous flying. I'm certainly not going to go to Abilene. And I'm lost, and I'm not even on the map. So I fly into into Waco, Texas, not even knowing where I was. And I flew around the runway, made a circle, and um, the altimeter works, and the airspeed indicator works. And that's really about all you need. And so I just picked out a runway. Now, some of you know about flying. You always land into the wind, right? Well, I didn't read the thing outside that shows you um, the wind sock, they call it. I just found me a runway that was lit up. And I circled around and and did my altitudes and calculated, and I landed the plane. And when I landed the plane, I pulled into a hangar that was open, and I turned it off. And when I switched the airplane off, it would not crank again. I didn't know what the problem was. I did remember, I did remember, now when you don't have any electricity, you can't talk to the airport um, uh, tower. You have no communication. And there are no lights on on the plane. You know, the blinker beacon lights that flash, they're not working either. So you're in the dark. Nobody can see you unless they're looking for you. So I called up the tower and I said, "Um, I'm the guy that just landed the 172 upwind, or downwind, rather. And I said, "Um, I'm told that I'm supposed to report to you and fill out some paperwork. The air air traffic control tower guy said, um, well, is everybody okay? I said, yes, everybody's fine. I said, do I need to come fill out some paperwork? Oh, no, no. He said, don't worry about that. They didn't even know I was there. (laughs) I snuck in and landed, and they never saw me. Well, Uh, The next day the mechanic came out and he sent for some parts up in Dallas, Texas and they flew the parts down in and I got an alternator put on this rental plane that I had and and the next day I took off and we finished our flight plan. Could have died on that trip making foolish decisions and trying to correct my own decisions the best I could. And there's a lot of parallels to life about that. We make a lot of, not intentionally bad choices, we just make some unwise choices. Not really trying to hurt anybody, just trying to let our pride show a little bit. That we, 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 We're in charge now. We've got our license. We know what we're doing. We don't need any help. And that's when we get in trouble, isn't it? We start making unwise decisions, thinking we're doing the right things. But when really our pride is what's guiding us and directing us to make unwise decisions. And the Lord, in His mercy, overcame all of that and spared me in so many ways that we got that airplane fixed, got back in the sky, and got back home. And got back home safely. I tell that story today because I believe it is the providence of God that said, Tom Curry, I love you so much, I'm going to keep you alive for purposes that you don't even know about yet. And out of that, I believe God has spared me to come here to Equin Baptist Church and be your pastor and to say to you today, God has kept me alive for a purpose, for a reason, that you might hear this phrase, God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you uh eternally and he loves you providentially meaning that he works through the small things that happen in our life to take care of us when we don't do so well at taking care of ourselves and to say to you and me i love you i have a purpose for your life when i moved to louisville i quit flying I left that to the airline pilots. I believe in the love of God, and I pray that you do as well. Well, what is this love of God? What is it like? Scripture says, If I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked, it does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love faileth not. If there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. But if we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect come, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Love matters. It matters because, as he says in verse 1, nothing I say will matter unless I love as God loves me. In verse 2, he tells us that even though I know all things, And understand all mysteries. Without love, what I know doesn't matter. Even though I may have faith to move mountains, but do not have love, it does not matter. Without love, what I give will not matter. And without love, nothing I accomplish will matter. Love matters by itself. Now about it, he says, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Between faith and hope, you will always find what? Love. Love holds faith in God, faith in a tomorrow and a future, and hope. Believing that there is a better tomorrow coming because of the great love of God. The Bible teaches that love is a command. We are told by Jesus Christ to love as He has loved us. And this is love, He said, that we walk according to His commandments. It is God's command that we love. Love is also a choice. The Bible says, pursue love. That means you make a choice to love. Love is not to be confused with a feeling. Love is not to be confused with infatuation. Uh, You do not uh, fall out of love, you fall out of infatuation. You do not fall in love, you fall in infatuation. Or you fall out of trees, or you fall into holes. But you do not fall out of love or fall in love you fall into infatuation love is a choice you make love is a decision that you make and when i made the choice to ask linda to be my bride she accepted and i was very grateful because we had dated off and on during seminary days and i'd moved to louisiana thinking that we would just never be married And i moved to louisiana and found out that she was going to be the best pastor's wife that I could ever hope for because that's a very unique role that carries a very very unique responsibility. By the way, I think she does it very well. Love is a choice. Love is also a conduct. It's not just a word that says I love you. It's how we act. It's how we behave. It's a choice about deeds as well as truth. And fourthly, love is a commitment. It is a commitment we make in covenant with other people. Parents made a commitment before the Lord. Church made a commitment to the parents. These are acts of love. Love is a covenant commitment that we make to other people. And God has made the greatest of all covenant commitments to you and to me Simply by saying to us, I love you, and then demonstrating that love when Jesus died on the cross. So how am I to love? How do I love? Let me give you four ways. Number one, learn how love acts and responds. Learn your spouse's or your children's love language. It will revolutionize your relationship. It will bring new life into your relationship. Because you will love in such a way that the person hears and responds to it. Not everybody's love language is the same, because everybody didn't grow up the same. Even though uh, four children may have a set of parents, they grow up differently, based upon what life was like when they came into the world. So learn the love languages of your spouse and your children as well. Learn how mature love acts. Watch Jesus and listen to his words where he could say, you're going to be reviled, you're going to be rejected, people are going to um, make fun of you and abuse you because you choose to be a follower of Christ Jesus as Savior and as Lord. Secondly, start your day with a reminder that you're going to be a loving person. Uh, It's intentional. Love is intentional, and uh, it's easy to go through life and be reactive to how other people are acting toward you, but if you'll make up your mind starting the day that you're going to behave in a loving way to people, you'll find throughout the day you'll have a smoother day to come home and talk about with your family. Thirdly, memorize love verses from the Bible. Let's remember a, a, a few of them. Here is uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It is not brag. It is not arrogant. It is not unbecoming. It does not seek its own. It's not provoke. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Fourth and finally, practice acting in unselfish loving ways. The more you practice love, the easier it is to respond in love. It's something you have to be disciplined at. It's something you really have to say, I choose to do this. And when you do, it becomes a habit, a good habit of your life. So learn how to uh, learn how mature love acts and responds. Start your day with a reminder to love. Memorize love verses from the Bible, like John 3:16. And practice acting in unselfish and loving ways. Let it be a daily discipline that you develop. It takes 20 days for a habit to be started. Do it for 20 days, and it'll change the relationships you are in. I invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, we thank you for your undying, unequaled, eternal providential love for us we thank you lord for taking the wrongs that we have done and forgiven them by your sacrifice for our sins on the cross i pray there'll be someone here today that will be willing to uh, come forward and say i give my life to jesus christ i want to be forgiven of sin and i want to follow christ as my savior and my lord in jesus name we pray You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.